Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody. It is Thursday, December the 7th, 2023. How to make sense of our age. New Yorker is always very good at that sort of thing. They have an interesting piece uh, on something they call the terrible 20s and how are we supposed to call our chaotic era? Kyle uh, Chaika asks in the New Yorker and they suggest it's the arsehole scene. Uh, I think it's a new word. Maybe it will stick. Uh, to use that metaphor rather vulgarly. Uh, are we living in an age of ourselves? It certainly would seem so, judging from uh, the fourth Republican debate in uh, Alabama, of all places, in Tuscaloosa last night, uh, which featured a huge um, trash talk, if that's the right word, between Chris Christie uh, and another of the the, the fourth candidate, a man called Vivek Ramaswamy. It's not entirely clear what he stands for, but he's clearly an expert in trash talk. And uh, Christie um, responded, calling him, I think, uh, uh, a, a very, very unpleasant person. Uh, the audience seemed unamused. Uh, he got a lot of booze, but perhaps he captures our age, our age of assholes, our age of trash talk uh, and the way in which politics and sports have become mixed up together. My guest on the show today, Rafi Kohan, is an expert on trash talk. I'm not sure if he is a trash talker himself, but he's given it a lot of thought. And he has a new book appropriately called Trash Talk, the only book about destroying your rivals that isn't totally garbage. And he's joining us from his home in Atlanta last night. Rafi, did you watch the debate? You probably didn't, I'm guessing. I saw some highlights, but I didn't watch it in real time. Well, that's all. We live in an age of highlights, too. No one ever watches anything, uh, fully at least. Um, is this guy Ramaswamy, uh, is he an example of trash talk? Does he talk trash well or badly? Does he somehow capture the spirit, if that's the right word, of your book? Yeah, it's an in... Uh... It's an interesting question to think about what it means to uh, to trash talk well uh, or not. And I think especially so in the realm of politics, because, you know, we are in an age where I think, you know, trash talk, you know, trash talk tactics and, you know, has sort of fed into a kind of, you know, uh, an era of political incivility, obviously led by uh, our former trash talker in chief, uh, Donald Trump. Um, but I would say that to be a, to successfully trash talk, whether it's on the court or on the debate stage, wherever it might be, you know, you have to understand how you're using trash talk and to what ends, because it does have a variety of functionalities, which is one of the things that I hope to get at in this book is that this is actually you know, a much deeper subject than one might, you know, at first blush, give it credit for, you know, in fact, when trash talk, sort of the term was coined in the 1980s, that, you know, of course, the practice of, you know, smack talk, uh, trash talk existed before that. But 
but the term was coined in the 1980s and we sort of experienced this, uh, this swelling of stories, trend stories about trash talk, specifically in basketball and other sports in the early 1990s. Uh, you know, um, you know, the, the, the idea is that to be, but to be an effective trash talker, you know, you got to know what you're doing. It's not, it's, there is something really at play here. It's not a trend story. It's more than that. Uh, the reason why I, I bring that up is because it's funny that you started us off with that New Yorker story with potentially, you know, coining a new term in assholocene, uh, because I think for a lot of people, trash talk was exactly this sort of story, not necessarily this sort of, you know, you know it doesn't necessarily fit in that under, I don't know if it fits under the topic of, uh, or the title of assholocene, but the idea was it was a kind of modern phenomenon. It was something new and exotic, you know, with all of the, uh, cultural depth and the rich history of terms like dad bod or metrosexual or now apparently assholocene. Uh, but the reality is this, so is this, you're familiar with this term. Asshole. No, I'm not. <laughs> Maybe that should be the title of your new book. Yeah. Next book. Um, yeah, indeed. Indeed. Um, so let's get back to these two characters who confronted each other, tried to out trash talk each other right. last night, Christy and Ramaswamy, who, who who is a true trash talker and who is a wannabe in, on that stage? Right. So again, I think you know, so. The, the the point being that you know you have to know what you're trying to get at with your with your trash talk. And I think someone like like uh, Ramaswamy is a trash talker with the intention of self promotion. Right. He is trying to create hype. He is trying to put himself center stage. He is you know using that pro wrestling style of trash talk, what you call cutting a promo, right? Where you're talking smack about your opponent, you know, with the intention of drawing eyeballs, with the intention of what they would actually call in pro wrestling, talking them into the arena, right? Getting people to pay attention. And, you know, I don't know if they're, and that doesn't necessarily have substance behind it. And in his case, I would say it might not. Um, but it very well could. So, you know, you know, if in the case of someone like, let's go back to the godfather of modern trash talk, Muhammad Ali, he was a showman. He talked you into the arena. He made you care about his fight. Yeah, I thought about him. You you wrote about him in a in a, in a very interesting op-ed in the Wall Street Journal this month. I mean, he is the, the classic trash talker. Not only was he a great fighter, but he was a great trash talker. And the two go together. Uh, I mean... Yeah. Trump I, I, doesn't sound like you're crazy about him either. He's, I'm certainly no great fan, uh, but he is a good trash talker. Well, again, it's and, well, and, 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 and in his own way, a very successful right. politician. Do you have to be good at what you're doing to be a good trash talker? In other words, if you're a terrible boxer, right, and, and you're a trash talker, does it just make a fool of yourself? Do you have to be of the quality of Trump or Muhammad Ali and whatever? vocation you have to actually get away with it getting away with it is key that's a, that's an incredibly important term because you know at its core you know fundamentally what trash talk does or what it is it is the presentation of a challenge right when when chris christie and ramaswamy are going at each other they're saying i'm better than you i can do you know i belong on this stage you do not it's the same thing that muhammad ali was saying to his opponents it's the same thing that you know donald trump 
when he was on the debate stage, I will say in 2016, it was the same thing that he was saying then. It is the, you know, in, in, in that presentation of a challenge, you are raising the stakes of competition, right? Not only are you investing eyeballs, but you're also investing yourself in the outcome of the match. Because when you talk a big game, you better be able to back it up. You're also, so in that sense, you're raising the stakes for yourself. You're putting more on the line. You have more to gain because if you can back it up, like Muhammad Ali calling his round and then delivering on it, you look like a genius and a champion. But if you can't back it up, you look like a fool. And there's really uh, Babe Ruth famously signaled that famous home run. Was that trash talk back then? I mean, were the greats always one way or the other, probably trash talkers? So what was what was taking place with the alleged called shot? Because it's not, in fact, confirmed what he was actually doing with his hands. But what we do know for sure what was happening before that was a whole lot of what was called bench jockeying at the time, which is just another term for trash talk. The Cubs bench was getting on them. Some of the players were out on the field talking trash to Babe Ruth. Some of the, you know, the entire, you know, ballpark in Wrigley Field was getting on him. So in that sense, there was a ton of pressure on his performance in that moment. And I mean, obviously because it was the World Series and it was an important at bat, but even more so because of all of the trash that was being talked and he performed, he delivered in that regardless. You've got to deliver because if you don't deliver, no one remembers. Exactly. And, and, and if he did in fact point, if that is what happened, then all the more incredible, right? That he delivered on that prediction, because if he didn't, I mean, yeah, you, we can, we, we could say, of course you didn't deliver. What a, what a ridiculous thing to expect someone to be able to do is, point to a spot in the ballpark and hit it exactly there. You've, you've trash-talked the New Yorker, Rafi. You've made them look stupid because maybe we've always lived in the age of us, Holocene, that there's always a, a Babe Ruth, a Muhammad Ali, a Donald Trump around who trash-talks. Or is there something peculiarly modern about it? In the 20s, is there more trash-talk or more at least wannabe trash-talkers like uh, Christie and particularly Ramaswamy? I've had I've had my run-ins with the New Yorker, which in terms of trash talk, which uh, maybe we'll get into at some point. But uh, but this is not it because I don't necessarily I you know disagree with what they're saying you know just from you know uh, getting a glimpse of it because there is some. Well, I would say that trash talk has been around since the beginning of time. There's trash talk in the Bible. There's trash talk in the Homeric poems. Yeah, and Homer thinking of uh, the Odyssey. I mean, that's one long bit of trash talk, isn't it? The whole there wouldn't be an odyssey if there if it wasn't for trash talk. If, when Odysseus, when he's leaving the island, if he doesn't feel the need to brag about the fact and say, "I want you to know it was me," there wouldn't even be an odyssey. Well, oh, there we got he got he got his just desserts for that. So <laughs> they were warning about the dangers of of trash talk. Well, and that's the thing. There is always there's the there's the potential for repercussions right when you are presenting a challenge someone might rise to the challenge and you might not like you know where that leads uh but all that being said there is something i think sort of fundamentally different about being a trash talker but especially being an abusive trash talker you know leveraging tools of incivility um, and especially within sort of you know, the civic space and as a politician, as a public figure nowadays than before because of modernity, 
because of the, 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 you know, the speed and scale of, of that, you know, at which information travels right now. And from what we know about, you know, social media and just the media ecosystem in general is that negativity travels further and faster than anything else. So in that sense, the repercussions of assholery, of trash talk, of political incivility, of someone like Donald Trump or someone like Ramaswamy, who, you know, really doesn't seem like he has policy positions or anything of substance behind this bluster, you know, what you're really putting out into the universe is nothing but trash talk, right? It is, you're not, it's not, you're not backing up the performance. There's nothing of substance behind it. It is just incivility for the sake of incivility to hopefully attract attention. And so that I think is pretty concerning. We are speaking with Rafi Kohan, the Atlanta-based author of of Trash Talk, the only book about destroying your rivals that isn't total garbage. Rafi, there seems to be something, and I'm sure you've had this, if not criticism, observation many times before. There's certainly something uh, rather male about this, although in in your interesting op-ed, and I know in the book itself, you also feature some female kickboxers. So is this a very male thing or is everyone doing it these days? It's a question that I asked constantly over the course of my competition is the ways in which, you know, trash talk might have, you know, know, components of gender. But I think the answer I got more than anything, and I think what I would mostly believe to this point is that it may be gendered, but that might be, that might be more of a, you know, a statement of socialization than it is of anything else. Um, there, there, I, I took great pains and, you know, not, not even great pains. It didn't take that much effort to, to find, you know, terrific, you know, women trash talkers, whether it was, uh, you know, Ronda Rousey, who was in that picture or Cheryl Miller or, you know, Christy Martin, the incredible, you know, women boxing champion and phenom in the 1990s. Uh, because, you know, women who compete can benefit, you know, or, or, you know, engage in this level, this type of verbal gamesmanship in the same way that any other, anyone else can. Uh, that being said, I do think that because of, you know, gender norms, you know, socialization, cultural norms, that you're going to find trash talk more prevalent in, in, you know, male dominated spaces. Uh, But you'll certainly hear stories about it, you know, from, you know, I was talking to uh, um, a psychologist named uh, Kristen Lindquist from the uh, UNC Chapel Hill. And I asked her this question and she, her answer was very much that she felt it was, you know, a a question of socialization as opposed to something innate. Uh, And she told me stories about, you know, being on the soccer field or, field hockey, whatever. I can't remember what sport she played and, you know, getting her ponytail pulled and, you know, having people say snide things. Uh, so it exists. And I think that like, it's good to remember that there's lots of factors that could lead into the ways we behave around one another, especially in social spaces, especially in competitive spaces. And, you know, I think, I, I think, that just as we're just as likely to find a a Christy Martin as we are a Muhammad Ali, all things being equal. Thinking about certainly 
Trump, who was bullied as a child by his father. I wonder whether you think, I, I don't know anything about Ramaswamy's background, about his parents, whether he had any, or whether he was bullied as a child. But do you think that particularly good trash talkers are, are ones who experienced a great deal of bullying or injustice as children? Elon Musk also comes to mind. It's interesting, he hasn't come up yet, but he, he seems someone particularly skilled in trash talking or at least making trash talk mainstream and acceptable. Yeah, it's it's a good question. And there's that old, you know, that old saying that hurt people hurt people, right? And, you know, but I would also, you know, I would want to draw lines between what is bullying behavior and what is actually trash talk. I think there are important distinctions to be made about the ways we can be impolite to one another. You know, the types yeah. of antisocial behavior, you know, you know, the distinction that I draw personally between what is bullying and what is trash talk, and there are, I think there are certain qualities that trash talk has, has to have, is that you need to be on an even playing field. You can't be punching down. You know, And I think when you're bullying, you're punching down. When you're bullying, you're trying to silence someone. When you're talking trash, you're demanding that the person respond to you. You're asking for a response. You're inviting that response. Bullying doesn't do that. And I don't know that, you know, so I, I would say, you know, someone like Donald Trump going back to the 2016 primary, when he's on that debate stage with his peers and they're going at each other and, and insults are flying, I mean, mostly in one direction because they didn't always you know, land when they when they tried to meet him on his terms. Uh, that was trash talk, pure and simple. But when he's on Twitter and he's making fun of, you know, American citizens, civilians, with his army of millions of Twitter follow followers ready to jump in that person's mentions. After that, that's that's bullying. That's something else. And you know, I so I do think it's important to draw that distinction. Um, you know, one thing that, that I was just reminded of as you were asking that question that I probably uh, could have could have included in my answer about the uh, you know the the gender divide that might exist is we can think about things like honor culture, right? And honor cultures exist, you know, across the globe in different ways. But at, at like sort of the most basic level, level, honor cultures are about, you know, pride and reputation. And if somebody insults you, you know, you need to, I, I demand satisfaction. You take off your white glove and you slap someone across the face and you go outside and duel. Uh, but that is, that's machismo. Right. And machismo is, again, it's a construct of some kind. But if we buy into it, then we're that then we're going to engage on the level of machismo. We're going to be susceptible, you know, to ideas of honor and machismo. And to me, that's Elon Musk to a certain extent. I think he very much is. I mean, he's obviously prideful, obviously cares about how, you know, he's seen uh, the conception of him. I think he used he used I think when he and you know and Mark Zuckerberg are going back and forth, we could call that trash talk. Yeah, they're that's classic trash field. talk. They're on an even playing field. You know, whether or not, you know, either or both of them have intentions to ever actually meet in the cage, you know, that is that is trash talk. And if nothing else, it's a kind of posturing, you know, sort of trash talk. You know, they're wanting to look tougher, look stronger, look more uh, you know more have that bravado and, and ali like confidence um you know that the other one might not um and it's also you know, they're drawing attention to themselves in a way that i think that they find rewarding uh 
But Elon on Twitter, most of the time, to go back to your point of people who suffer some sort of bullying or trauma younger, I think that I think you'll see that. I think you'll see that, you know, in a kind of lashing out and then things maybe go over the line from what could be trash talk to something else. We are speaking with Rafi Kohan, the author of Trash Talk, the only book about destroying your rivals that isn't total garbage. Of course, a classic piece of trash talk, which I think he's amused by. Uh, I want to thank uh, the people who have brought us this show. There's not a lot of trash talking on liberties, a quarterly journal of culture and politics, which I have to admit is one of the reasons I like it. Um, it's a very nice publication, a very pleasant, polite one. I'm uh, going to run a short feature about it, and then we'll come back and talk more with Rafi Kohan about Trash Talk. Fascinating, very entertaining conversation, and a very relevant one in our supposedly scene age. So don't go away, anyone. We'll be back in a few seconds. Beyond the news, the noise, there is nuance, insight. Liberties is not just a journal of ideas. It's a meteor of intelligent substance. It's the place to be for engaged citizens, Politics, opinion, substance. Liberties is a triumph for freedom of thought. A quarterly of urgency, of cultural exploration, of intellectual delight, of immaculate prose. It's invaluable. Subscribe now or find Liberties at your favorite bookseller. And you can subscribe to Liberties at libertiesjournal.com. We are speaking with Rafi Kohan, the author of Trash Talk. Rafi, before the break, you mentioned the word Twitter a couple of times. Of course, Twitter has been renamed as X. You're on it, like everybody else. Um, and I wonder, you've mentioned Elon Musk before. You're an interesting piece in Fast Company about why Trash Talk can actually be good business. Musk may seem insane, but he always seems to end up as a winner. Do you think he knows what he's doing when he talks trash? And perhaps that may have been one of the reasons why he spent so much money on acquiring Twitter and changing the name so that he could become king of trash talk, both literally and metaphorically. Wow. I, well, it's always Twitter to me. <laughs> Whatever you they better, want. You better have that one out with, uh, with Elon. Yeah. <laughs> you know... I would hesitate to psychologize someone like Elon Musk. I do. I think that he is, you know, I think that, you know, something like his engagement with Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg is pretty intentional. I mean, I think it is also coming out of a place of insecurity and machismo <laughs> for both of them. Um, but I don't know that he's using, you know, trash talk in the way that it actually can benefit a business. You know, that piece in Fast Company uh, is very much about the ways in which, you know, you can use trash talk as a marketing tool and specifically as one of rivalry creation. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before of this idea of the the core, you know, you know, trash talk at its core being the presentation of a challenge and therefore raising the stakes of competition. Uh, it it, it, it invests everybody in the outcome. It invests you in it. It invests your opponent in it. That's what draws eyeballs. That's what gets us to click on these, you know, tr trashy headlines that, you know, this person is beefing with this person. It gets us to watch reality TV shows or spend time watching, you know, ESPN or Fox News or whatever other political show, you know, features two people screaming at each other from either side of an issue. So it's a draw. It makes something matter. It endows it with meaning, 
right? The Yankees playing the Red Sox. This is an example in the piece, right? Sports in general are meaningless. It doesn't matter who wins. They have no inherent meaning. You know, we bring that meaning to it. But that's what we tell ourselves when our team loses. When they win, we 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 take it a bit more seriously. Yeah, that might be a, a coping mechanism at that point. But then, but we only have to cope because we care, and we only care because we made it matter. And and you know, so so for Elon, the question would be like, is he trying to be Wendy's on Twitter slash X? You know, starting a feud to draw eyeballs. I don't think he needs to do that. To me it reads as just being kind of unhinged. Like his core business is not, it's not a consumer business where he's, I mean, obviously he has consumer businesses with Tesla, but it's not a consumer business where he relies on selling you, you know, an extra side of fries. Like he doesn't, that's not what's going to move units for him. This to me strikes as ego, smacks of ego. They'll purchase smacks of ego, his use of trash talk smacks of ego. Uh, and maybe he will, you know, be the best trash talker on X, but it's probably just because he owns it at this point. You, your last book, uh, Rafi, was one uh, did very well. The arena inside the tailgating, ticket scalping, mascot racing, dubiously funded haunted monuments of American sport. You're based in Atlanta. You, you, you've made your name as a as a sports writer. Let's talk about sports and uh, uh, contemporary sports and um, and trash talk. You had an interesting piece in GQ Sports on uh, and the NBA and trash talking. Is this where the great trash talkers reside, the NBA? I think some of the best <clears throat> absolutely reside there. You know, a game like basketball, you know, lends itself, you know, to that kind of chatter. You know, in a similar way to to hockey, you know, that you're in close quarters with your opponent. You know, there's lots of action, lots of movement. You know, so you, you're you're often face to face. You have the opportunity to say things. You have the opportunity to, you know, to put that challenge to your opponent and to see how they respond, to see if they can handle it or not. Um, I also think that with American, modern American trash talk in particular, Right, which comes out of traditions, you know, Black American traditions like the dozens oral traditions, you know, toasts um, that also then sort of were incubated on, uh, you know, playground basketball courts, etc. It makes sense that 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 trash talk would exist in spaces like the NBA, but I think all you know, we 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 shouldn't dismiss trash talk from living in any of these arenas. Uh, you know, in baseball, it was bench jockeying because the heckling, the torment literally came from the dugout, right? Because that's where it was easier for the, you know, you were in close, that's where you had the proximity to get your message across. So I wonder though, with baseball, uh, and I follow baseball a bit more than basketball, but when someone gets to first base, there often seems to be some sort of verbal interaction. Are they often talking trash or are they being polite to one another? I think they're being polite. I, I don't think, I mean, I think there's some trash talk, but that might be less a function of, you know, sort of the possibility or less, you know, of the possibilities of trash talk and more a function of just the ways in which, you know, fraternization has become more a part of the game and more a part of the sports picture in general. You know, before free agency, you know, existed, teams hated each other. Guys hated each other. 
You know, they would go at each other viciously, ruthlessly, and, you know, they would fight on the field about it. Uh, I think now with player movement and turnover and, you know, there's also um, as, as, you know, leagues have made more money and players have made more money, they also have more on the line and they have more to lose if they do get into some sort of altercation or fisticuff or, you know, but if they're something. really good, they can get away with it. Who are the great trash talkers, contemporary ones, particularly in, in basketball, in your view? Of currently playing, I would say uh, Draymond Green. Yeah, one would hope so. Although he, he seems to sometimes, I, I sometimes go, I live in San Francisco, so I go to the Warriors. But he he's often sort of goes beyond trash talk, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean Draymond. You know, again, it's to 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 think about trash to understand trash talk. We really also have to understand again some of the functionalities of it, or what are the potential what are the potential goals of a trash talker. And you know, I try to get that in the book and sort of you know getting at some of like the psychology and the science that underpins trash talk to understand how that affects performance and whether that's things like you know there's a there's a, a a model in sports psychology called ISOF, which stands for the individual zones of optimal functioning. And what that speaks to is this kind of peak performance state where you have the proper amount of anxiety, a physiological arousal and other, you know, cognitive arousal. You know, there's lots of factors that can inform your peak performance state and the way in which a trash talker may use trash talk to in fact, get themselves up into that state while simultaneously or alternately trying to knock somebody out of their peak performance state by making them too anxious, too stressed. And, and that can have, you know, major negative impacts on a person's performance. So does, um, does Draymond, does he know what he's doing half the time or he doesn't seem to always be able to control himself? Although sometimes you think he knows what he's doing. I mean, I would say, I mean, I've, I, I did not get a chance to speak to Draymond for this book, though I spoke to plenty of, you know, professional athletes and former professional athletes who I think use trash talk in a similar way. To Draymond Green. And I think there's not, a, and I've heard him speak about, you know, both his playing, you know, his playing style and uh, his trash talking on enough platforms, you know, to feel like this is an informed enough opinion that I think he absolutely knows what he's doing because he understands the way it impacts his performance. And specifically, I think, you know, he's looking, I think he's a self motivator. He uses it, I think he probably has a higher eyes off. You know, because it's individual, right? So some people may be down here and need to be kind of calm and easygoing while they're performing at their best or be happy. Like think about Magic Johnson, you know, having a smile on his face while he was competing. While someone like Draymond Green or Kevin Garnett, who you, maybe you're familiar with, had this. this, this Jordan of, was a great trash talker, wasn't he? Jordan was absolutely a great trash talker. And I think he used it for, I mean, I think almost every trash talker has a variety of, you know, sort of goals. I think Jordan used it both to sort of create motivations for himself by kind of like inventing these slights, you know, creating these challenges because he always needed to push himself further and he needed to imagine them. He needed to create them. He needed you to say something, whether you really said it or not, to give him that motivation to keep pushing himself to the absolute limit and make sure that he's performing at his best because he knows that when he's performing at his best, you don't stand a chance. So that was his way of getting there. I also think he would talk trash at sometimes just to make sure you knew that you didn't have a chance. <laughs> and then, you know, 
see how you respond. And he was uh, obviously, of course, uh, everybody knows Jordan was a great gambler. I'm sure gambling and trash talk go together. The book is called Trash Talk. You you have your pinned uh, X, Rafi. Um, When you say, do you like books but hate all that dang reading? Here's a book trailer for my new book, Trash Talk, Best of Both Worlds. Uh, Did you struggle? I mean, you're a journalist and a writer um, and you're comfortable and familiar with words, but you think it's hard to write a book about trash talk, putting it into words? Is it better to put it into videos or simply to watch Michael Jordan or Muhammad Ali? I don't think so, actually, because we've been watching those videos for decades. We've seen, you know, we've seen the compilation clips on YouTube in recent, you know, of recent vintage. We hear the old stories both on YouTube and on player podcasts that come up. We read or saw, you know, uh, there'd be short features and, you know, during studio uh, studio shows before basketball games about trash talk. And we've been witnessing it, you know, for the entirety of human existence in one form or another, but we've never actually put our finger on what it is, what it is competitive incivility, what it is that we're actually doing that we have this kind of instinct for that, you know, that again has existed throughout time and across culture. And I think it's important to actually dive deeper into what's really happening here to understand the ways in which we're using it so that we can actually understand both the ways to respond, the appropriate ways to respond, but also so that we don't misinterpret what's actually taking place, that we don't exceptionalize people who talk trash and say, oh, well, that's poor sportsmanship, or that's just, you know, that that, that guy has an attitude problem or what whatever the case may be, which maybe says more about us and the way that we're- Yeah, it was, was McEnroe was a great trash talker, although he tended to, to, to talk trash to referees rather than to his yeah. opponents. Yeah, and so for someone, you know what, great example, John McEnroe, I think someone like McEnroe had this high level, you know, this need for a high level of anxiety, high level of stress, you know, physiological arousal. So getting himself up to his peak performance state but I also think someone like McEnroe could use trash talk as a psychological cue to remind himself to actually focus, to pay attention. And so while it seems like he's distracted and he's yelling at a referee or Reggie Miller yelling at Spike Lee on the sideline, what he's really doing is he's giving himself that psychological cue to engage in the game even more intently. Yeah, and the great the great managers, of course, do it in 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 the English uh, football uh, tradition. The great managers are the ones who, by talking trash talk, take people's attention off their players and onto them. Yeah. Uh, it's an all too human thing, as you suggested, uh, Rafi. Uh, talking smack is as old as the Bible. It is perhaps the original sport. It's very very human, and in our age of AI, maybe we need to teach. Are AI algorithms, whether they're open AI or, or, or any of the other new products to talk trash, it'd be interesting to see whether they develop. We're, we're ending, um, Rafi, uh, all our shows with a, a question to my guests um, about how you hope or what, what, would, what could AI do that you think would be good? What big problem in the world today could be? You, Rafi Kohan, would you like AI to solve? End trash talk or, or begin it, perhaps? Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> so let's uh, 
maybe let's put a strike through good and then answer that question. Uh, the, so, you know, I think what would be interesting about AI, and I love this question because there's an idea that struck me as I was reporting this book, and I actually put to a few people as I was going along about, you know, is there a kind of, you know, we're, you know, we're, Speaking of technologies, you know, and technologies in sport, right? We're at an era of biometrics and analytics and next level data. And so the thing I wonder, because you obviously, if you talk trash, you want it to work, right? You want to make sure that you're either helping yourself or harming your opponent. Could we get to a place where we can actually understand what are the right ways to use it and when are the right times to use it? Can we get some sort of next level data, some analytics about who to go after and who to leave alone? And, you know, so I, I spoke, you know, as part of this book to some uh, 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 English cricketers, some folks in the, in that world. Mm. Because, of course, you know, though, though uh, us Americans may not be familiar with it, trash talk is prevalent in cricket. Especially with the Australians. That's right. The baggy green. And uh, they're and they call it sledging. And and he's he I spoke to this guy named Mo Bobat, and he is the performance director of the uh, English and Wales Cricket Bureau uh, board. And um, what and what he said, he's like, oh, I've, I've never considered that. He's like, I don't know about if we could understand when to use it, but when not to use it would be well when the team is the other team is struggling anyway, and for whatever reason, he get, he cited some uh, some stat that it was in maybe like the seventh over. The opposing team always scored the fewest amount of runs, and I might not be getting the exact override, and my my cricket terminology might be off. But it's like so that would be exactly when you don't want to trash talk, because then you're running the risk. You don't need them to uh, degrade their performance; it's already degraded. So you don't want to give them the chance to potentially raise their game. So what would be those times to leave someone alone? And what would be those times to go after someone? Maybe it's when they're, they have a ton of stress and pressure already. Can you give them a little bit more to knock them out of their zone of optimal functioning? Can you, is there a certain time that you could uh, you know, deliver a sort of distraction that might, uh, you know, that might uh, you know, knock someone you know, we have a, a limited, you know, limited space, you know, for uh, for cognitive attention. Can we take up a little bit of that attention at specific times? You know, so I think those would be inter interesting questions to put to AI and see what they what it spat back out for us.